Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? And welcome to another edition of High Mythology. Hi. The show where we get higher than noon in a western and uh, tell you guys silly stories from mythology and folklore. Uh, tonight, we will be bringing you part two of our uh, Wild West folk tales. Uh, folk tales from the American West. From Ohio. From Ohio. Oh, some Ohio folk tales. I don't know what Ohio go. people sound like. This is Ohio Stories Ohio. part two. Yeah. Thank well, you. I didn't call the first one Ohio Stories, so ha ha. You did. I called it Wild West, I think. It's Wild, it's the Wild West. But I mentioned it. It's Ohio. I mentioned yeah. it again. Western it's Ohio. Ohio. Maybe. Because we're going to go everywhere from fucking, I don't know, Mountain Men, Blackwoodsmen, yeah. Ohio. Timber. All Ohio stuff. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. is just all Ohio shit. It's called Ohio yeah. Fever. Yeah. Ohio is a beautiful state. It's spelled the same way forwards and backwards. Mm. No. <laughs> I was no. waiting for you to catch me up. <laughs> Wait, what? No. No, it's no, it's not. They died with Ohio? their boots on. Oh. That's going to be a good one. Oh, fuck yeah. If you're going to die, die with your boots on. That's what Iron Maiden always says. We'll get to That's why I always wear boots. The man who never was. Deadwood yeah. Dick. <laughs> Name's Deadwood Dick. Oh, we got a whole fucking little yeah. chapter of them. Yeah. Deadwood, Deadwood Dick. Oh, uh, the... Deadwood Dick's just a hero. Yeah. yeah. And Deadwood the Dick in the rise of the grizzly bear. Deadwood Dick to the rescue. <laughs> Deadwood Dick in the uh... erection that would never come. <laughs> I mean, we're going to get to them. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. For now, let's just start with let's one of the four. With, yeah, yeah. So let's start with the, the Wild Hunt. Yes. Yes, not the Wild Hunt we've spoken of before, I don't believe. No, nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. Just not a, the very a Wild end. Hunt. Not till the very end. Oh, okay. No, it's in story four. Oh, Okay. <laughs> There's brief mention of oh, the wild hunt coming through Wild West style. Exactly. Ghost Riders in the Sky. But we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll see the yeah. shit. We'll see the shit. For now, we'll start with the wild hunt. This story of English origins occurs in many American versions. Ah. <clears throat> Just had to point that out. There was once <laughs> a gentleman whom everybody called Squire Jack. Squire Jack. Not Squirrel Jack, sir. Not Squirrel Jack. Squire as Jack. As much as I want him to be a squirrel. He had the air of a lord and was the wealthiest man in the colony. He owned the biggest estate between York and Somerset, and he also owned the most imposing house, the finest horses, and the keenest hunting dogs. He dressed most elegantly and could have been very polite. Could. Could have been. <laughs> he could have been. If he polite. wanted to, if he wasn't such a dick. <laughs> to the ladies. But he was strong-willed and much given to cursing and swearing. He kept a good table and an even better cell. 
Hey, his <laughs> home was always open to his many boon companions and hanger honors. Thought there was something crawling up my leg. Just the cat's tail. The confirmed bachelor, he never spoke of. Excuse me, I'm sorry. A confirmed bachelor, comma. comma. He never spoke of his past. Ah. <laughs> Some said that he had left England on account of a tragic love affair. Others were sure that he had fled a debtor's prison and had escaped the hangman after. <laughs> Or escaped the hangman after having killed his rival for a lady's favor in a duel. <laughs> I heard he once wanted to ride the Titanic with a broad name, Kate. <laughs> rose. Rose. <laughs> <laughs> the squirrel and the rose. The squirrel and the rose. <laughs> Still, others maintained that he had been a gentlemanly highwayman getting away to America with all of his loot. Cash money. Taking that loot. Nobody knew for certain, and nobody asked because Squire Jack was rich, powerful, and dangerous when crossed. <laughs> Here's what, his his uh, passion was for women flesh and horse flesh. <laughs> but his greatest obsession was riding to the hounds. <laughs> Just fucking, he's a horse fucker. <laughs> no wonder people don't talk to him. People wanted to ask him questions, but like, nah, he, man, he's a horse is, fucker, so kind of no else. one talked to him. <laughs> this is kind of, this is somewhere pip, pip, else. Man. Cheerio, good day, sirs. Don't mind me, just fucking my horse. <laughs> one fine Sunday morning, the church bells were ringing, but Squire Jack and his friends, the no churchgoers they, were off to the chase. <laughs> Merry fellows, all they blew their horns, hollered, and huzzahed, Huzzah! jumping their horses <laughs> over fences and ditches. Huzzah! A buck or two fell victim to their hunt. The uh-huh. day was hot. Frequently, the young bloods stopped to take a swig of their flasks, drinking a toast to the chase, to their lady loves, to the health of good King George. <laughs> to my horse! <laughs> Squire Jack, stay out of this toast. <laughs> the day wore on, and Squire Jel- uh, Jack felt his flask, but it was empty. He shook it. Not a drop was left. He called to his friends for a swig, but their flagons were empty too. Squire Jack says, Dame, I would go to hell for a quaff. <laughs> I you said for a queef. <laughs> queef, I would go to hell for a queef. <laughs> Instantly was at his side a newcomer, a horseman nobody had noticed before. <laughs> Certainly no acquaintance of any of them. The stranger, obviously a gentleman, was attired in a suit of black velvet with large silver buttons. His pale, sharply etched face was adorned with a black moustache and a Van Dyke, bra- <laughs> a Van Dyke beard, which had been the rage in the long-ago days of the second Charles. <laughs> Charles His- Deuce. Charlie Deuce. <laughs> His curly black wig hailed from the same period. His horse was also raven black. The strange gentleman was accompanied by a blackamoor servant, dressed like his master, but wearing a turban on his head instead of a wig. They decidedly <laughs> odd cavalier doffed his hat to the profiling squire Jack, a foaming brimmer, saying, Allow me, sir, this small offering. The astonished squire says, By God's gaping vagina, man, where the hell did you come from, chap? <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> this stranger answers smilingly. 
from the place you just mentioned. Uh, Squire Jack says. Harumph, sir. Harumph, I say. You are an odd fish, but your liquor is exceedingly good. Let me, let me have another swig. The stranger says. With the, with the greatest of pleasures. The chase continued. Squire Jack's hounds brought a stag to bay. The squire shot it, but instantly the strange hunter claimed it for himself, ordering his servant to throw it over his horse's cooper, crooper. Uh, the squire shouted angrily, What is the meaning of this? Sarah, would you cheat me of my meat? Sarah. The stranger says, It is a brimmer of the choicest liquor, not worth a little venison. Squire Jack says, Ah, you provoke me. Sarah, hand that deer over at once, good chap. The stranger says, <laughs> You shall not have it. Go fuck yourself, Squire Jack. Squire Jack says, Ma, damnation, you rogue. I shall go to hell to get my meat back. The stranger says, And so you shall. With these words, the strange cavalier snatched Squire Jack from his mount and sat the surprised hunter before him on his black horse. And off they went at breakneck speed, ventre a la terre, or whatever the fuck that means, over stick and stone, tearing through the countryside, followed by the squire's yelping hounds, and at a distance by his companions, trying in vain to catch up. On and on went the wild hunt. They came to a wide, swift-flowing stream, and without the latest hesitation, the horse with its two riders plunged straight into the middle of the swirling waters, followed by the howling dogs. When the squire's friends reached the streams, its waters were boiling, and all was covered with white-hot steam, while a foul odor of sulfur pervaded the air. When the steam evaporated, the waters were seen flowing as before. Squire Jack, the strange cavalier, the dogs had all been swallowed up without a trace. They looked for the stranger's servant, who, they thought, had ridden amongst the mist, but he too had vanished. They rode their horses into the water and up to their saddles, hoping to bring the squire to the surface, if not alive, then dead, to give his body a Christian burial. (laughs) That's needed. But find it, they could not. They rode downstream on both sides of the river, searching for a long time. But not a wig, not a button, not a hair turned up. One of Squire Jack's companions said, The devil take it all. And the other comment, I fear he has done so. The end. <laughs> I like how his friends cracked a choke. <laughs> <laughs> the devil take it all. I think he did. I think our buddy's in hell. Woohoo, that's a good one, Bill. We're going to divide yeah. his fortune. Let's go let that horse he's been <clears throat> fucking free. <laughs> Deserves it after all Deserves that. Deserves it. That, thing, that horse has seen some things. We might not, might ought to just put it down. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a good yes. one. Thank you. Okay, story number two. <clears throat> uh, dreams. Dreams. Among most Indian tribes, dreams are considered sacred and their Damn. fulfillment <laughs> an equally sacred obligation. Let's just overgeneralize there. <laughs> Most tribes yeah. do believe this, actually. It's called dreams. Dreams. <laughs> Soon after Sir William Johnson had been appointed superintendent of Indian affairs in America, he wrote to England for some suits of clothes of richly laced. 
And when they arrived, Hendrix, king of the... <laughs> Hendrick, king of the Mohawk Nation, was present and particularly admiring them. In a few succeeding days, Hendrick called on Sir William and acquainted him that he had a dream. On Sir William's inquiring what it was, he told him that he had a dream that he had given him one of those fine suits that he had lately received. Sir William took the hint and immediately presented him with one of the richest, richliest suits. The Indian chief, highly pleased with the generosity of Sir William, retired. Sometime after this, Sir William happened to be in company with Hendrick, told him that he had also had a dream. Hendrick, being very solicitous to know what it was, so Sir William informed him that he had a dream that he, Hendrick, had made a present of a particular tract of land, the most valuable of the Mohawk River, of about 5,000 acres. Hendrix presented him with the land immediately, but not without making his shrewd remark. Now, Sir William, I will never dream with you again. You dream way too hard for me, bro. <laughs> the end. The end. <laughs> that was just fucked up. I thought the story was gonna go somewhere with just nope. a guy cheating a fucking Native American dude mm-hmm. out of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I dreamed you gave it back, bro. Yeah, exactly. I dreamed you gave it back, and then you went and fucked yourself and got off my stolen land, you bitch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sir William, if that is your name, Superintendent. <laughs> <laughs> story three. The cheater cheated. The cheater cheated. But what did he cheat? Traders to the Indians are part of the early West folklore. On the whole, they were a sorry lot. As an 18th century writer put it, the English manner of carrying on the Indian trade is this. The regular trades undertake twice or oftener each year's journey to the Indian villages. The pack horses laden with strodes, match coats, hats, looking glasses, beads, and bracelets of glass. <laughs> glass! <laughs> Knives and all manner of gaudy toys and knacks for children, as well as guns, flint, powder, and lead, and kegs of potent rum. Rum, bum, 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 bum. I don't have that shit anymore. To be watered when they arrive to the Indian country. When these traders live with the Indians, selling them goods in prospect for the season's fur catches, often keeping one or more squaws as wives, and are trusted by their neighbors, for they are content of two or three centrum profits. Other traders (laughs) who frequently creep into the woods with spirituous liquor and cheating trifles after the Indian hunting camps in the winter season and put down several kegs before them, make them drunk selling their liquor at ten times its value as the Indians will sell even their wearing shirt for inebriated liquors. Goddamn. These traders <laughs> are the most vicious and abandoned wretches. Gotta say, bro, you did not age well. I <laughs> know. Yeah. These traders are the most vicious and abandoned wretches of our nation. A set of mean, dishonest mercenary followers. They even debauch 
the Indians young women and even their wives when the husbands are home <laughs> from drunk. <laughs> but here's a tale of the cheater cheated. <laughs> it's just that a huge prologue. Hold on, let out of date British man tell you about this. Colonialism will age well forever. People will never come to regret it, I assure you. Yeah. <laughs> there was a nipissing chief called the Red Owl. Sorry, I'm having a minor stroke, I think. Nipissing? Uh. A mighty hunter and trapper who brought enough meat who brought enough meat to his wigwam to support several yeah. wives. He was just he was just helicoptering his meat around. He had so much of it. His abode was always filled with the choicest pelts of otter, beaver, fox, minks, and weasel. There was also a trader named Smith or Miller or possibly Cooper. One of them white names. Well, whatever his name. <laughs> He was a mean liar and a cheat who would have sold his own mother's soul to the devil for two pieces of eight. Oh, Cracker McHonky. I know that guy. One day, this thief... He owes me two pieces of eight. (laughs) That's another form of money. Uh Okay. Also, just so you guys know. He owes me eight pieces of two. I didn't know that wasn't a currency. (laughs) Two pieces of eight. Uh Uh-huh. Not eight pieces of two. I don't understand any of it. <laughs> to be completely honest. To be completely honest. It's over my fucking head. Anyway. Uh, one day, this thieving swindler came to Red Owl's wigwam, pointing to a stack of prime beaver pelts, saying, Hey, uh, I'll, I'll have those. I'll, uh, I'll take those. Those right over there that I uh, am in no way entitled to. Just uh, give them to me. Red Owl says, What will you give me for them? The trader says. Uh, how about this uh, keg of whiskey, chief? Uh, strong as lightning. Red Owl says. No fucking whiskey, man. He could not be bamboozled by an offer of rattlesnake piss. The trader says, <laughs> handing uh, the Red Owl a small bag of coarse grain powder. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'll do for you, chief. Uh, I'm in a given mood today, so I'll uh, swap this... Uh, Swap this random powder here for your beavers. You know, it's a little powder. Red Owl says. This little powder for a big heap of pelts? Go fuck yourself. The trader says. Uh, Those those are uh, seed grains, chief. Uh, You plant them in the soil and uh, they grow up bushels. Bushels of grain like this. You never need to swap for powder again. You'll have all the powder you want. You can powder whatever you need. Red Owl says. Let's smoke a fatty. <laughs> you, uh, you... You cannot you, tell a lie. You, you can't, uh, yeah, you smoke this shit and you can't tell a lie. The traitor says. <laughs> uh, sure, chief, let's, uh, let's blaze one. They smoked the pipe and this, this, uh, Smith or Miller or Cooper oh went off God. with the first whistling a merry tune. The red owl planted the powder grains, and he cared for them tenderly. He watered them every day, but no plants heavy with powder grains ever came up. A year later, the same trader came to Red Owl's wigwam, and he had so many tricks up his sleeves that he had forgotten the one he had played on this chief. He spread his wares, and Red Owl says, 
so fucked up. I can't, I, I can't even in good nature read it the way it's read. I know it is. It's, ri- it's written like fucking. It's it's written like it's Peter straight Pan. out of Peter Pan. Yeah. Yeah. I take them gun. <laughs> yeah. I'll take the gun, the lead, the looking glass, two bags of beads, uh, the bolt red stuff, the bolt blue stuff. Uh, Colt with gold lace, uh, your firstborn child, $25 in, uh, in nickels. And the trader <laughs> rubbing his... sock. His, <laughs> the trader rubbing his hand says... Well, fine, fine, chief. Uh, now for all that stuff, I want, uh, I want so and, uh, so much more. Uh, silver fox, red fox, ermine, otter, musquatch, sasquatch, sassy squatch, stink squatch, small squatch... Squatch, squatch. Squatch, squatch. Red Owl says. <laughs> I don't got any Sasquatch <laughs> pals, fucker. They're not real. We made them up to fuck with you whiteies. <laughs> uh, took on uh, one more wife. Uh, young, plump, very attractive. You know, I got no time for trapping. I'm too busy tapping, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, come back in like 12 moons or so. Uh, the Red Owl will give you... A uh, big heap of pelts, you know, beaver, you silver fox, red fox, blonde fox, <laughs> foxy lady. Otter, beaver bush. Beaver I mean, bush. What, yeah. what you got, man. I, got, I got it. I got beaver bush. I got a uh, Brazilian. <laughs> the trader says. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's smoke another fatty, chief. Uh, when you when you smoke the comet, you can't lie, right? Red Owl says. Fuck yeah, blaze one. Another year went by. Again, this Smith or Miller or possibly Cooper appeared <laughs> possibly at the lodge. Some form of whitey. <laughs> and said, uh, Here I am, Chief. Uh, let's have those furs you promised me. I want all of them. I want the landing strip. I want the one with little designs. Red Owl says, uh, No furs for you, fucker. The trader says, What? You cheating, thieving, red devil? No furs. The Owl says, No fucking furs. The trader says, you miserable red vomit! You hapless savage! God damn! <laughs> <laughs> you promised <laughs> we smoked the chronic together. Red Al says. No furs. That traders. was my pubic hair I made you smoke. <laughs> the trader says. <laughs> Jesus! God damn! Come on, you racist fuck! Let's do it. Damn you, you painted godless heathen! <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ over here! <laughs> This story did not age well. No, not at all. But it's like a glass of milk in the sun. It's like, you're definitely... This is okay yeah. in the South. And over the furs. Hellfire and brimstone, you promised. Red Owl says grinningly. Listen, Cracker. White man, you give me a bag of black powder. Bag so little like this. Told me to plant grain, watch powder bushes grow. Tell Chief, never again. Gonna swap pelts for powder. Grains go slow, very slow. Come back sometime when bushes heavy with powder grains. The trader says. Oh, sorry, never mind. Oh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> then Chief, pay, Chief paid you with a big heap of beaver, silver fox, red fox, ermine, musquatch, blonde sasquatch, 
mini squatch, top notch squatch. <laughs> Pelts, damn it. The trader says, Damn your eyes. <laughs> the end. The end. Let's give that a. <laughs> so, what was the powder? Did he just give him cocaine? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Plant this cocaine. It'll grow cocaine trees. You'll get so much done. (laughs) (laughs) Just like me. That's why I talk so fast. I'm a big time and fast talker from the city. Okay, this one's definitely a long one, though. All right. All right, the skeleton ham job. Yes. (laughs) (coughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, it's very German German over here. It seems like we are going to get very German a little bit. Bonjour. Much less racist. <laughs> ah, Different kind. Different kind of racism. <laughs> Jacob shoots. Probably never existed in the flesh, but he lives on in a saga of the earliest far west. Namely, the Pennsylvania wilderness, battlegrounds of Indian settlers, Canadian corridors, the boys, the British and French soldiers. The name Schutz. Schutz, Schutz, Schutz in German Schutz. means shooter or a marksman. A fitting name, as Jacob overmastering passion was the hunt. No <laughs> ordinary huntsman was he. Small game was not for him. Only the fabulous and the supernatural drew him on. He had no use for a woman or children of his own who would have been in the way of his one and only passion. Top-notch squatch. He shunned the company of men and lived a solitary life as a badger. Badger, yeah. <laughs> if any pioneer settled closer than 10 miles from him, from his one-room log cabin, he had once felt crowded and abandoned his hovel <laughs> more deeper and into the primal, prim, primal forest. Damn Sorry. it. <laughs> no, not the neighbors. <laughs> Uh, he suffered only two living beings to share his hermit life. A huge black shaggy dog named Waka. Waka. That is bold <laughs> in its meaning and equally huge. Oh, Waka. Black and an ornery sna- stallion named Rabe. Rabe. Meaning raven. Oh, so Robbie. Sometimes he gets called raven. <laughs> Robbie the raven. His cabin was made of rough, untrimmed logs, carelessly clinked so that the wood or the wind whistled through it whenever the storm arose. The floor was dirt trampled into a metallic hardness. The chimney and the fireplace was indifferently cobbled together with rocks of various sizes and colors. A sidrid smoke single uh, filled the single room wherever a fire was lit. So he, he's a hunter, but he's not a builder by any no. means. Yeah. <laughs> Look at my house I have built out here in the woods. A bearskin served as a bed, a rolled up deer hide as a pillow, and two shrewn together timber wolf skins as a blanket. Of possessions, there was an iron kettle, blackened with soot, a knife and a fork, and a wooden spoon, a plate and a cup. Artlessly carved by Schutz himself. An axe and a saw. And that was all. That's all. That's At it. night, the chimney fire shed the only light. <laughs> as the house soon... Burnt as down. the house... <laughs> as the house, so the man. Jacob's lean, muscular frame was encased in dirty gay... Er, wow. 
gray homespun <laughs> pants and a fringed rawhide shirt made by a long departed squaw who had also fashioned for him a pair of coon K or excuse me, I'm fucking fuck. Jesus Christ, there's so much bullshit for him. I'm sorry. <laughs> Coon cakes <laughs> Some beaded moccasins They're full of worms and essential vitamins Now worn with age The beads mostly gone A coon cap and a sort of wooden Woolen Wow, poncho Completed the huntsman's wardrobe Like you even needed to know that <laughs> We need to know how he looks exactly How long was his beard? Everything mended and remended. <laughs> Yet full of holes, a visage the Schutz was served. Wow. Hollowed eyes, a sharp nose, and a beetled brow. His hair was matted, his shaggy beard unkept, and his body scarred. Oh, see, there we go. There's his, the beard. His eyes were compelling, piercing, and steely blue. <laughs> the eyes of a frantic, a madman even. By contrast, his weapons were fine and lovingly cared for. An ancient jagger. A snop Holmes type weapon his father had brought over from the old country, artfully inlaid with figures of men and animals done in ivory, paired with a recently made Lancaster rifle, unadorned yet beautiful in its own perfection. Uh-huh. This is my wash, Trudel. Jesus I throw it at the enemies and it takes them down. Trudel Do you want me style. just to skip this shit? <laughs> Keep going. I want to know how he looks. How, what color were those steely deep eyes? Blue. Ah, yes. Of course they were. Uh, this is the kind of type of shit Hitler used to beat off to. By the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tell me more about his steely blue complexion. <laughs> An incised por- uh, powder horn. The fruit of much labor on its own part. And an old German Hirsch Frankach. Franco completed the armament. Ah. Armament, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I go into war with my Hoshtens Franco. This is why I don't drink my Vorstrudel. Like I have to open my eyes so wide to like look at these letters. And, like, <laughs> I, I ride feel. my horse, but my horse is silly because his name is Raven. <laughs> the latter was wicked, but outlandish, <laughs> more sword than a hunting knife, designed to give a wounded beast the coup de grace. Fuck you. Jacob's nourishment (laughs) consisted almost entirely of meat, fowl, and venison. He was not finicky. If he had been, he could not feast on the deer or the wild turkey. A muskrat, a possum, or a gopher would do. He eked eked out this monotonous diet with dried berries, nuts, and wild roots. Twice a year, he would ride 60 miles to the nearest settlement to swap for his furs for powder and lead, flour, salt, tobacco, and a keg of monog... Monongahela-rai. Ah, Monongahela-rai. Monongahela-rai. I know the Monongahela-rai. Yeah. If someone had asked him how a Christian could live in this appalling manner, he would answer that this kind of life suited him perfectly. He had, however, few occasions to philosophize. Philosophize. Only rarely did white men venture into his forbidden realm, which swamped with dangerous beasts and hostile Indians. 
The latter avoided shoots thinking him mad, and madmen had strange powers. These, their persons were sacrif- or scared and inviolate. Violate. Inviolate. They were scared and inviolate. 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 White folks, too, were afraid of him, though he did not <laughs> harm them at all either. Jacob's speech was a mixture of German, English, and Indian, including a few French words thrown in for some good measure, almost unintelligible for lack of practice. Surprisingly, he was pious and a good f- and God-fearing, the son of a Moravian Dutchman who had fled his native land to seek freedom of religion in the New World. Jacob prayed long and often, mostly for a successful hunt. A rare backwoodsman stumbling upon his cabin was given shelter for the night, a meal, and a dram of whiskey, and then was speedily sent upon his way. I like their the old stuff. In addition to everything Ow. else, they're like, this is the Wild West. You'll probably die, so have some whiskey. That's pretty well. Yeah. Yep. I totally forgot where I was. <laughs> Fellow hunters were eyed with suspicion. Suspicious. They might have hanker they might have a hankering for what Jacob was after. And what was Jacob after? Oh, you ask. First of all, he lusted after the great fang death. A giant catamount bigger than a tiger with huge curved fangs emitting a fearful, ear-splitting scream that turned men's blood to ice. Meow. Second, he wished to possess as a trophy the pelt of the Lumpf Eclair, the supernaturally swift wolf of eight legs, four of them in their usual place and four more on its back. When one set of legs got tired, the Lumpf Eclair simply flipped <laughs> itself over to run with rebound speed on all four legs. <laughs> it kind of looks so weird when it's running. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> four legs just dangling off the top of it. You've never seen, you never heard of the Lumpf Eclair? No. Really? Yeah. And that surprises me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Even like you watch fucking American horror stories and yeah, shit like that all the time, but you haven't heard rah. of the Lumpf Eclair? Lumpf Eclair. I fucking even know about this one. Jesus. Well, it's still around. It's still out there. Third, Jacob had in mind to capture a fantastic creature the Indians call the Gormungun. Gormungun. It was said to be almost as big as an elephant with enormous flapping ears, a, porc- a porcine snout, and warty skin. Equipped with two male members and three female Putas. Just got three dicks and two vaginas. Two dicks and three vaginas. Finally, Jacob's supreme quest was for the That's great. That's why it's so angry. <laughs> I could never fully pleasure myself. <laughs> Finally, Jacob's supreme quest was for the great white heart the fabled lord of the mountains, an animal so majestic and unblemished with the royal set of antlers. Its snow-white body glowed like uh, burnished silver in the moonlight. Moon silver. Jacob Schutz first came upon the great Feng Death, the gigantic man-eating catamount. The terrifying beast leapt down upon its pursuer from a cliff digging its enormous claws and fangs into Jacob's back, inflicting fearful wounds, commending his soul to God, and with the help of his ferocious black dog, Jacob 
Got the better <laughs> of the panther. JPEG. Thrusting his hersh through its gaping maw deep into oh, its heart. Open your maw for my Hershbenberger. The fang death. Here it comes. Death's oversized pelt henceforth replaced the two wolfskins as Jacob's blanket. For a while, the huntsman. <laughs> for a while, the huntsman rested content. As soon as Jacob's wounds were healed, he was seized with the relentlessness once more, resolved to hunt down the Lupiclair. It had been seen far beyond the out, outermost English settlement in the country claimed by the French. There, in the most inaccessible fens, the strange beast made its home. A whole summer long, Jacob searched for the speedy wolf's track, living, living himself like a wild animal, sleeping under the overhanging rocks or in a caves, sometimes like a borrowing, borrowing rodent. He dug a <laughs> hole into the side of the hill and it served as shelter. Oh, here's my sleeping hole. Good thing I have this nice sleeping pelt. At last, he saw signs that the wolf was nearby. The loup Claire could not outrun or uh, be outrun, but it could be outfoxed. The lone hunter used a live fawn as bait, tying it to a tree, waiting for the loup Claire to appear. For two days and nights, he waited in vain. The eight-legged beast moved only at night, but Jacob had his long rifle loaded with a silver bullet prayed over by pious Moravian elders <laughs> and subjected to a spell by an ancient crone rumored to be a hexy. <laughs> that is a witch. The silver bullet. Well, you know, I figured I don't know what kills it, so I fucking tried it all. <laughs> yeah. Might as well try the one. Yeah. Stuck it, stuck it in some poop, too. That might get it. <laughs> um... The silver bullet never failed to find its target, even in total darkness. During the third night, the hunter sensed the wolf's presence. The fawn bleated anxiously, uh, straining on the rope. And at last, Jacob's sharp eyes discerned movement, a shape darker than the dark, (laughs) moonless night. Just legs flopping in the air. (laughs) It would be very camouflage if it weren't for those four legs flopping in the air above it. Swiftly, he aimed his rifle at his nearly invisible prey and fired. The silver bullet found its target, slamming into the wolf's vitals. Jacob had slain the loup Claire, and soon the eight-legged skin adorned the hunter's cabin. And again, Schutz felt calm and fulfilled. Staying close to his log hut, hunting only for his own and Whacker's daily meal. During... (laughs) During the winter, he <laughs> whacking it daily. <laughs> during the winter, he hibernated in his cabin like a bear, well supplied with smoked and salted meat, not infrequently uh, taking a nip of brandy wine. At night, the black dog shared his blanket while the stallion munched hay in his lean-to. On the rare occasion Jacobs felt lonely, he took up his Jew harp. I can't even say that Drawing from it melancholy whale sounds Like laminates for the dead (laughs) (laughs) 
Winter's cold gave way to a warmer weather, and with the thaw, spring fever seized the solitary hunter. He woke up one morning and his eyes glowing with excitement. Jacob muttered, I have the beaver fever. Ja, <laughs> ja. <laughs> You're going to enter dim gurgernut. Gurgernut. Now for the gurgernut. That was the longest six words I have ever seen. Gurgernut. Here. Here. Now for the Gorgamut. Where are you, my Gorgamut? Mounted on his snorting stallion, his shaky dog by his side, his rifle primed and loaded, the hunter set out for the strangest beast ever seen by human eyes. I'm pretty sure it is just ugly man who lives in the woods like me. (laughs) His search carried him farther than ever before into the untamed wilderness beyond the Ohio, in the mud of an evil-smelling swamp, Jacob says. In Jackass Mackin Flock. And there in the farthest recesses, <laughs> Jacob found the Gormungunt. Oh, hello, friend. <laughs> the creature was even more fantastic and mishappened than rumored had described it. But it was a sluggish, slow moving, harmless plant eater. Jacob decided to take it alive and bring it back with him amongst people as proof of his prowess. <laughs> but the Gormungant was so huge. How was it to be moved? Jacob sought out a band of eerie Indians, a mixture of German and English, sprinkled in with a few French and Indian words, and he incantated, in, uh, indicated, sorry. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I did not see spell. the right words. Uh, what he wanted. Gestures and waving his arms, he commanded them to do his bidding. Hmm. The chief says, This is a sacred fool seized by holy madness. His powers are great. His anger, terrifying. We must hammer him. Humor. 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 And do as he says. (laughs) The Indians furnished horses and ropes. They followed Jacob into the swamps. Their wonder and awe were great when they beheld the Gormungan. Three heads... Two female members, three, uh, two, two male members, wow, and three female <laughs> pussies. This was a beast beyond their wildest imaginations. My God, he's the first ever biplane. Dual they, propeller. <laughs> they prostrated themselves before the one who had found it. Twelve horses were harnessed to the Gormungan. The huge beast was at first unwilling to cooperate. I don't want to go. But it was docile and let itself okay. be dragged along. Drag me it along. took over two months and the labor of the whole tribe to pull the creature to the nearest settlement and beyond to the town of Lancaster, where Jacob swapped some of his store of pelts for beads, mirrors of vermilion paint, and much brandy, which he handed over to the Eries as a well-earned reward. To the townspeople, Jacob said... Oh, feed this Gormungant to just feed it the water plants and the swamp plants and things that grow along the streams. You know, mainly wet things that seem very nasty. Feed them to the Gormungant. Give him lots of it. He will enjoy. He left the bewildered Gormungant standing in the marking place. 
The good Dutch folks did not know what to do. Two enterprising Yankees took the beast off their hands, exhibiting it across the land. Because <laughs> it's got two dicks and needs two, two, the two guys just stepped up and they, uh, well, I, I'm not proud to admit it, but they jerked the Gorman gun off and uh, he was pretty and good after that. at the same time, yeah. so it's kind of weird. <laughs> Look, Mom! <laughs> Nobody can see your hand gestures, by the way. I just want yeah. you to know. <laughs> My father said I'd never amount to anything. Uh, were they? they were ex- uh, exhibiting it across the land at the Crown and Eagle, at the Bull's Head, at the Royal George's, at the Red Lion, and for one shilling per spectator. They printed the distributed handbills as such. Whereas a surprising monster was caught in the wilds of New France, it was had great difficulty being tamed. This is to inform the discerning scientific public that it will be exhibited in this town. The monster is of uncommon shape, having three heads, six legs, three fundaments, and two female and three female. Genitorials. <laughs> it is of various colors, very beautiful, and makes a noise like the conjunction of three or four different noises. <laughs> Somebody knew its name until an old Indian, Satham, said he remembered that when he was a boy, his father told him it was called the Gormangung. <laughs> I don't see why I'm such a big spectacle. People just come in here and view me. Someone to get my pocket. Yeah. Someone's always jerking me off while they're playing with my vagina. It's like, what, have you never done that before? Pass me a cigarette and shut up. The exhibitors got rich. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Schutz took no interest in the matter, but when he went on living in his usual hermit way, he was heard to say, out of the Gorman guns was nothing. Now for the great white heart, the wife of Hurtches, Vicey Hitch. Winter was near. Vifich. It was too late to start on another expedition. Again, the huntsman hibernated, but this time he was fidgety, talking to himself. <laughs> the heart is mine, 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 <laughs> mine, <laughs> mine. <laughs> Sorry, it's just my German. Sometimes we get excited. The high scores be good, Even that. Please let no one else have him. That's that's why those big heart endless. I must have them for the gate my heart. I would give my soul to the devil. Oh, them truthful. No, no, no. I did not mean it, but I must have him. Blitz und Donner. I like how you're slamming your hand on the table. (laughs) Thus he kept muttering, scratching himself, pacing to and fro, drinking more Batten (laughs) Brantwin than he was used to. Spring came, eagerly awaited. Jacob could only think of the heart and nothing else. But first, he had to get provisions for his long journey. And again, he brought his furs to town. The preacher hailed him, saying, uh, Hey there, buddy. Uh, how's it going, Jacob? Jacob says, 
I am after the white hearts this time. After the big antlers, I must have them. The parson says. Oh, no, no, no there, Jacob. Uh, you know, don't wallow in your sinful pride and whatnot. Uh, the white heart's not uh, meant for any man to get, you know. Uh, God uh, God doesn't, doesn't mean for you to have it. That's for damn sure. <laughs> it is a, <laughs> a sure death to chase after it there, Jacob, you know. Uh-huh. The exclaimed hunter says, Und so is mein Leben kostet, even at the cost of mine life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this time he traveled <laughs> where no white man had been before. Everywhere amongst the tribe. <laughs> Wait, to your mom's house? <laughs> <laughs> to your dad's house. Oh! oh. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I'm getting pretty buzzed. This time he traveled where, yeah, we saw that, everywhere amongst the tribes, he inquired in word and sign language. <laughs> where is the white heart? Who has seen him? Indians did not have an answer for him. To speak about the white heart was bad medicine. Very bad. <laughs> it's bad medicine, man. We don't fuck with that. He chanced upon a half-breed voyager saying, I grand Seth Blanc, eh? The French say, Speak not of him, mon vixen. It is so death. C'est la mort. After months of wandering, men, horse, and dog had been reduced to skin and bone. Worn out by their exertions, still Jacob dodgingly pursued his quest. At last he fell in with a French courier, Dubois. A man not unlike himself, Jacob pleaded. Tell me where I can find the white heart. Tell me! The Frenchie says, I won't start to run down myself, mon ami. I was young and foolish then. I know better now. None who have haunted this white heart has ever returned. Jacob says, Vatimeta Franz Rose, damn froggy to villain. Tell me, tell me, you silly Billy. The courier de Bois sighs and says, Eh, bien. As nothing will persuade you, I will show you the way. Or rather the spot where the pass begin. Naturellement, I will not go with you further than that, as I intend to live a little while longer. He led Jacob to a seemingly endless rocky ledge, stretching as far as the eyes could see along the sides of a forbidden mountain of black granite, devoid of vegetation except for some leeches and a few tufts of moss here and there. On one side of the ledge rose a sheer rocky wall. On the other yawned a dreadful, seemingly bottomless abyss. The ledge was barely wide enough for a horse and a rider. The voyager pointing ahead says, Voila, mon père Chavir. That is, ride on as your evil genius bids you. I shall never see you again. Ta-ta, mon chéri. At the sight of the dreadful ledge, Raven reared up. His eyes rolled in fright. With whip and curses, Jacob forced him along, and once on the ledge, peering down into the abyss, uh, the abyss, Jacob could not discern its bottom, which was lost in darkness far, far below. At last, the ledge broadened, leading into a forest. Never had Jacob seen such trees. They seemed to rise into the skies. Their canopies formed a solid roof, leaving only a few patches for light to filter through. Moss dangled from dripping branches, and there was little underbrush, only a carpet of ferns. 
Riding between the majestic trunks was easy, and eventide Jacob came to a clearing, a small open space in the gloom. There he and his animals rested. Suddenly Jacob awoke. A pale moon was shining, and he heard a deep rumbling in the clouds. Rumble, rumble. Flashes of lightning lit up the sky, but there was no rain. And when Jacob saw them, ghostly huntsmen galloping in the clouds after the ghastly white heart, a diabolical crew, a fear-inspiring sight, Jacob explained, God stare, God stare nearby, it is a wild hunt, die, Jagged. He trembled, and his teeth chattered, and he watched the phantom host, the spectacle horses, and the ratchet hounds pursuing their ghostly prey, aimed thunder and the winds howling. The appearance of the wild hunt meant bad luck, and everyone but Jacob would have given up, but he had gone too far to relinquish his quest. For weeks, Jacob searched the forest for his elusive prey, but in vain. Everywhere he saw the tracks of a giant stag, but never a glimpse of the great white heart himself. Jacob says to himself, I have seen his imprints. I know he is here. I know that he is watching me, you fucking dear. Uh, Jacob was turning into a specter, his eyes glowing with fever and his hands trembling. And then one day he saw the stag in the distance far away. Digging his heels into the raven's... <laughs> the stag equivalent of just giving him a middle finger from a distance. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think, buddy. Look at you. <laughs> Your ghost. Uh, digging his heels into raven's flanks, he rode like the wind. But no matter how fast he rode, he could never come nearer. Like a will of wisps, the stag seemed to float before him, always at the same distance. Jacob blew his horn, but no sound emerged from it. Whacker barked, but his barking was mute, and ravens gnawing soundlessly. Jacob loaded his rifle, and with one of his three silver bullets, he aimed and he fired. There was a flash and in the pan, but no report. Again and again, Jacob sharpened the flint, measured out the exact amount of powder, and rammed it down another silver bullet. But twice more, the gun misfired with an inaudible report. All of a sudden, the stag turned around and came to Jacob. The great heart was so beautiful, such a perfect example of the creator's art, that Jacob fell to his knees and burst into tears. When he dared to look upon it, Jacob perceived that the stag was even larger than he had ever dreamed. He towered over his pursuer, his mammoth antlers spread out like the branches of an oak tree. His body seemed to be covered with fine, glistening silk, and his eyes shone like two large, sparkling rubies. A golden cross was embedded into his forehead. (laughs) Upside down. Jacob could only gaze in awe and wonder, and he said at last, Oh, it is true. You were never meant for me. You belong to God. Silly. The (laughs) The hunter turned back, searching a long time for the ledge. It was already growing dark when he finally found it, but he was now in a desperate hurry to get away from that place, to get home. He rode onto the ledge, trusting his horse and his own skill. Coal black night overtook them, a storm arose, and wind tugged at his rawhide shirt and his hair. He was only halfway up uh, the ledge, and he could not see his hands before his eyes. 
He became aware of an unseen evil presence. He could feel it, sense it. Jacob's hair stood on end, and Raven shuddered. Whacker growled and howled woefully, and the dog seemed to struggle against something trying to pull him off the ledge. Jacob heard a frightful, anguishing howling growing fainter and fainter below him. Jacob, Jacob cries. Oh no, the dog is gone. God have the mercy for me. <laughs> Jacob felt a violent tugging. Oh, uh, pulling at his clothes, his arm, his horse's body. It was not the wind. Raven screamed in terror. A furious jerk almost tore the reins from Jacob's hands. He realized that an evil spirit was trying to pull him and his horse off the ledge and down into the abyss to their doom. The pull became stronger, irresistible, and already the stallion was about to go over the ledge. Already one of his hooves was frantically galloping in thin air. Uh-oh. Quick as a flash, Jacob <laughs> drew his hershfanga. I was my hershfanga. I forgot I brought my hershy Desperately finger. slashing with its heavy <laughs> blades along the horse's neck and head. And at once the pulling ceased. Raven regained his footing and silently, numbled, uh, silently numbed Jacob rode on. Uh, he regained the land beyond the ledge and he slid down from his saddle in utter exhaustion. For hours he lay as if dead, and when he awoke it was daylight. Raven was grazing. Then Jacob saw it and trembled, a skeleton hand, a hand of bleached bones still crunching the reins. Jacob Uh-oh. had been away for a whole year. He had set out on his last hunt as a vigorous 40-year-old man, and he returned a babbling dodart. Oh, I'm down dark now. His Look long hair us. and beard had turned snow white. His eyes were roomy and his limbs were shaky. He was no longer able to care for himself. Some relatives in the settlement took Jacob in. They hardly knew him and had little chance of getting acquainted now. He never spoke again, just mumbled something nobody could understand. And during the day he huddled near the fireplace and at night he slept on an old bearskin silently. He ate and drank what was set before him, and his eyes kept wandering, gazing at something that was not there. Thus, he lived a few more years, and then one evening, as the candles were lit, Jacob cried out loud, Uh-oh! The stag is calling for me! And he closed his eyes, and he Good was dead. Night. The end. The end. Ah, the wild hunt making an appearance. Hope you liked it. Yeah, thought that was fun. Just a little quickie. Just a little quickie. Little quick, sneaky. quick, 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 sneaky snake. Uh, yep, that's uh, our main source was Legends and Tales of the American West, uh, told and oh. retold by Richard Erdost. <laughs> told and told again twice. Told, told, retold, uh, edited, told, edited and told. and told again. Uh, yeah, I hope you folks enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, no, the, there was definitely some stories that aged better than some other ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna have to, yeah. Yeah, some of these, these old Wild old. West stories, though, are really hard like that. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, they just had a different, let's say, very racist way of thinking. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I know. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Yeah. We love you. You're all amazing. Um, you guys have been blowing us up, and it's it's awesome. Uh, we don't forget it. to catch 
next week's episode, The Last of the Norse. Oh, yeah. Next week is going to be the final Norse. So, a Norse is a Norse, of course. Yeah. Ragnarok up in this motherfucker. Um, I read them and I was like, so sad. Reading a rock. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, follow. Uh, tell Share your, with your friends. Tell your friends. Uh-huh. Uh, when, you, when you're out on the trail and, and you sit around to cook beans over an open fire, tell stories about high mythology and how awesome we are. Don't tell the racist ones. Though. Don't tell the racist ones. Those, those, are, those are for your own entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, good night, everybody. Bye. Nice. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.